Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to Microbrewed Sports, the Eagles Victory Edition. I'm Alex. I'm here with my boy Pete. What's up, guys? And uh, I'm enjoying myself uh, ice cold beer. Compliments of one Justin Peterman because he is not good at picking spreads. Yeah, we uh, took it on the teeth this week, guys. If you listen to me, you lost money. <laughs> it didn't work out very well for you. I went I went 4 and one against the spreads. Actually. If the Chargers wouldn't have covered, it's almost equally as impressive that you lose all five. Yeah, that is actually pretty impressive. That's something I would have done actually. Yeah, this don't get used to this. I'll get it. I'll get it figured out. <laughs> the whole Alex is wrong a lot narrative though is really uh, taking a hit. I went uh, three one and one, so I had a pretty solid week. You had a very nice week. And you know who else had a nice week is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, let's do a little recap. So oh, wait, wait, wait. What, what beer are you drinking? Oh, all right. Yeah, let's do that first. Um, I am drinking, just like I promised on previous pods, a victory in honor of the Eagles win. And it is, let's watch me mispronounce this, Kirsch Ghost. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Kirsch Ghost by victory. It's a sour cherry beer, so uh, sour beer, not a very common one. Pete hates them. Yeah, not so, a big sour beer fan. Um, I'll, you'll probably never hear me drink one of those. But I just wanted a victory beer that I hadn't tried yet, so um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you know by the end what I think yeah. about it. I, you're not going to drink a lot of sour beers. No. You're going to drink like one. You're going to drink one. I'm going to be drinking a Voodoo Love Child. It's by Voodoo Brewery. This is out of Meadville, Pennsylvania, which is in between Pittsburgh and Erie. So kind of middle of nowhere. Yeah. Never had anything from there before. This is a 9.2%, and this is a Belgian triple. And I'll just say I have only had a couple sips so far, but... So far, really smooth. You said it's like uh, made with fruit or something. Yeah, like it's aged with fruit. I'm not getting a big fruit taste, so which is what I like. I don't want it to be too sweet and sugary. No, yeah, the fruit but, beers that just have like a hint are good. Yeah, the ones that are like Red's Apple. So ale, far, so good. Go away. So far, so good. But yeah, uh, this is the first reasonable beer I've had too, as far as alcohol percentage, four point seven percent. Wow, look at you. Yeah, like you could actually drink some of these if it weren't a sour beer. What a responsible guy. I know, right? I guess I'm gonna be able to drive later, but. Uh, Hey, Philadelphia Eagles then. Big, big road victory in the division to start the season on a positive note. Yes, Eagle fans are just pumped everywhere. Uh, First thing that comes to mind when you're doing a recap of that game is the third offensive play that we had on our first drive, second drive of the game because Redskins got the ball first. Right. We're facing a third and 12. Third and 12. Pocket completely breaks down. Reminiscent of that play against the Steelers, Last year with Wentz, okay. when he completely dodged a rusher, ran out of the pocket, stayed behind the line of scrimmage, threw to Sproles, and Sproles did some magic from there. Pocket completely breaks down. Wentz is running for his life in circles. And we kind of talked about this before the pod, how it was kind of a situation where how many quarterbacks are making that play? And it's just instinctual and physical ability as far as like size yeah. and agility, but it's just the kind of thing you can't teach to be able to be under that kind of pressure and keep your eyes downfield. The whole time, and uh, yeah, I mean, he made such a good play back there in the pocket that even Nelson Aguilar wasn't going to drop that ball. And if you watch it in slow motion, he thought about it. it oh, he did. His, it he hit tried. His hands. He thought about it. Yeah, it hit his hands, and then it left both of his hands for a split second. It and he caught it again. It did. I would have killed him. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been bad. 
Philly would have been calling for his head. No, this whole pod so far would have just been me bitching right. about that play. So, yeah, that's definitely something positive you saw from Wentz. A couple, not only that time, but a couple times that game. Yeah, where he was really... Pretty good pocket presence. Oh, yeah. And... And the actually, ability, the ability, the agility within the pocket is probably the most impressive thing, because that that's kind of where you take a kind of a, where you can kind of see a next level step, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like even it, though even though guys like Tom Brady isn't agile, that guy in the pocket, great, yeah, great, fantastic, yeah. and that that goes a Just long a way. Just a little slide to give you right. a half second. Sure. You know who he reminds me of is honestly a young Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's not physically as big. No, it's slightly different style, and the bend yeah. back in the pocket will actually like physically shake you from. Himself. He will like get rid of you. Yeah, but yeah, I, it's I see what you're similar saying. the way that they buy extra time. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, on the same note, kind of a underwhelming performance by the offensive line that I had higher hopes for. Mm-hmm. But again, I think, Lane Johnson. Yeah, but hey, a W. Wentz, Wentz was right. pretty clean, right. and right. we got the Lane Johnson W. You don't lose when Lane Johnson is on the field. Yeah, that's it. Mark it down. Um, so then, uh, one of the other things we wanted to talk about in that game, uh, was all the turnovers. So we'll talk about the, I I know you wanted to talk about Wentz and accuracy, so we'll stay on Wentz here quick. My thing with the interception that he threw, it was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to say there was a couple of defenders there where exactly that ball is going if it doesn't get tipped. I think that Sproles coming out of the backfield there looked open enough that I think, worst case scenario, that's an incomplete pass. I don't think it was going to be a turnover. And another thing that I want to mention ahead of time, because I know that last uh, strip sack by uh, Cox, mm-hmm. you had an issue with. And honestly, being objectively as possible, I thought it was getting overturned. You got They gave you one. There. Right. They gave you one. But it was a gimme, which hasn't been talked about by anybody other than me that I've heard. Oh, I know, because it's really not that big of a deal. The hands to the face on Wentz on that pick six that he threw just didn't get called. Like, it's a ticky-tack call, and it's yeah. one of those, like, NFL becoming a pussy league calls, like defenseless receiver, which is just the dumbest thing of all time. But, oh, boy. Well, well that's another yeah. topic for another day. But, like, it, it's, it gets called, though. It's a call. It was a. It should have been a flag. It should have been our ball plus another 15 yards, and they just didn't call Wentz getting hit in the face. Like, go look it up. It happened. So anyway, we're even as far as that goes. I don't want to hear people. Oh no, 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 no! You're not even at all. No, we're even. You're not even at all. That is barely <laughs> the call on Wentz is barely a call. Number one, number two, my issue. Okay, I'm not gonna like dive into that entire interception. My issue, I guess, that I have with Wentz, who I will state right now, you saw a lot of good things that you want to see out of the guy that you drafted. Yeah. You know, number two overall. Guy's a piece. He's here. He's yes, you absolutely see a bright future, but. Before everybody goes and crowns his ass like some sort of like MVP candidate or anything like that, which like Reese Hoskins. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's take a step back. There's absolutely things to point out that he needs to work on, and when he faces a better defense, should be exposed. Mainly being his accuracy. Yeah. One thing I will say about that interception and a couple other throws, it looks to me that he's not always setting the feet. He's kind of thrown off the back foot, which is, I mean, it happens. Quarterbacks do that. Yeah, and he's got a strong arm. He can do it. But a couple of throws I watched where they were inaccurate, it's not like his feet weren't set there's perfect, imp- there's great towards the target. Yeah, there's improvement to be made on that. And, yeah. I mean, that's undeniable. But I think that he 
has some accuracy issues right now and he does. is still doing what he's doing is it right i'm very excited you I, i'm not saying you shouldn't be but i'm also saying that there's gonna i don't think it's just gonna be that he's Something. jumped ahead and yeah. is like a top 10 quarterback every week right away yeah a couple things to point out his down the field accuracy to tory smith i realize some of that it's going to be timing still yeah he's new to the team but like he missed he had Tory Smith, Smith. He had him for a he, long. Touchdown. He had him for a, just a, a touchdown that I don't you have the to have. Context as far as the what part of the game that was. It was early, wasn't it? It was early. It was. It was a great. It was actually a pretty good call. Like yeah. taking a deep shot right away just to like go at him. Yeah. Misses him by and like five honestly, yards. Honestly, though, even though, and I am not going to defend Doug Peterson here on this pod, but honestly, yeah, that kind of call was great because even when you miss it early in the game, takes the top. Even off. yeah, he beat he beat him deep, and the Redskins realized that and. You're yep. spreading the field out. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good, and that's gonna hit. Yeah. The I, other thing well, that the we'll other see. thing that it, it will down the line. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, that's a new element to the offense. And then the other thing that's a new elef- elephant, new element to the offense uh, that we didn't have last year was at one point, and again, I'm drawing a blank on the context a little bit, but uh, he targeted Alshon, who like didn't get nearly as many targets I would like him to see, but it was just a jump ball between mm-hmm. him and a guy and he went up and it was a highly impressive catch over a guy and when he came down yeah he just lost it coming to the ground that's another element that is part of the offense now that we did not have before is he did not have a guy where he could throw the ball up and this just is like, all true just beat the all true guy. and let me just remind you guys i told you not to play alshon in fantasy because he's playing josh norton but anyway i digress <laughs> I so back on anyways back to wentz's accuracy a couple throws i want to point out as well we're going to talk about the turnover but i also want to point out he had a throw to Aguilar, which is just lay. All you got to do is lay it in the. It's down by put, the goal put it in the line. basket. It's a uh, Aguilar fakes the sweep, mm-hmm. comes back around. Has I, I don't know who was on if it was corner or linebacker. He was wide open. He had him beat by a mile, and Wentz underthrows him on a on a touch pass that if you lead him to the end zone, you know you know what Wentz kind of seems like from just from the one week at least, and maybe a little bit last year too. But like it seems like the ones where he doesn't have time to think about it. Because he's got a guy in his face, or yeah. like it's a timing route, or whatever, and he's in a rhythm. It's fine. He he reminds me of like the second baseman, like like a Chuck Knobloch. Yeah, he's when got he's the, got all day to throw, and yips. he throws he gets, it away. Well, and you saw it a couple, uh, at least one or two other times. He again, I mean, he had this issue last year, yeah. sailing his short throws. Yeah, and again, this is a short kind of touch throw. Exactly, like and, how John Lester can paint the black at ninety five, but right. he can't throw it at first base. Right. Yeah. So he he misses Aguilar on just. A, I mean, he gets the touchdown to Blunt. On the next play, yeah. but like, don't get me wrong, he's not incapable yeah. of the short touch passes. It's I know. Just, I'm just, it's yeah. just that's something to point out that you you can't overlook. Yeah. And then the other play, which you're gonna, we've already disagreed on this. The Aguilar, like the lateral that was a fumble. Oh. I mean, it's a, in my opinion, it's a terrible pass by Wentz. I mean, I realize uh, Tory Smith yep. misses a block. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, completely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but also just complete whiff. It's not a. It's yeah. It's a sorry excuse and for a block. But other, however, my point is, if Wentz puts a good throw on that, it's a loss of five yards, yeah. not a loss of possession. He throws it out in front of him, mm-hmm. and it's just all hell breaks. Here's loose. my problem. While I don't disagree that obviously it was a bad pass, yeah. With the whole play call in the first place, like nobody should have ever been in this situation. It was second and nine, and you're running like a screen. T- Who is Aguilar? Like, what? Why are you running this bubble screen? To Aguilar five yards behind the line. He's a first round pick, man. Yeah. 
Get out five of here. yards behind the line of scrimmage on second and nine. Give me a fucking yeah, break. Yeah, but you know what? You pick up and five then, yards, all of a sudden nobody cares. It's like, oh, what a great a, play. He's got to run ten great yards play. to get great the five play, yards, Doug, though. Great play, Doug Peterson. And then, no. uh, yeah, you got Torrey Smith, who just complete. My problem is probably it's, the a, wrong, it's a baseball mentality since probably it's the like wrong the sport personnel. I played. But, like, the, the whole thing in baseball is the physical errors are going to happen. You have to let them go, which is what Wentz's was. It's, it wasn't a good throw as a physical error, but the mental errors is where I are what's inexcusable, and okay. I think I think Peterson made a mental error in that play call, and then also like Torrey Smith, I wouldn't call it a mental error, but it was a complete lack of effort. He didn't even like try to block the guy, and then when the ball is sitting on the ground, it's as if he thought it was blown dead, and he yeah. literally just stood there and watched it, and I was like. You piece of shit, and I was yelling at my TV at that. Right, point. I see. I just I don't think it's that bad of a play call because if he catches it in stride and Torrey Smith actually makes a block, he probably picks up a couple yards. and Nobody cares because you got it to third and manageable. I just hate the wide receiver screens in general. Unless the only time, but a lot the only of time I'm that. like the only time I'm well. First of all, we ran like ten of them. It felt like yeah. But the only time I'm a, a big supporter of just the snap and throw it out to the guy out wide is when he's playing off. Yeah, you're paying. 12 yards off right. line of scrimmage, and you're just going to hand me five yards, then fine. But if you're, like, doing this design, every time, it seems every time Aguilar's going in motion, the ball's going to him. And then, like, it's, I, I hate it. So, either way, I look at that as a terrible throw by Wentz, something that he, if we're going to praise him, which we should, yeah. we also need to criticize nope. on where where things were went wrong. No criticism. Breaks. Criticize Taking on off that the throw. wagon. The Wentz wagon's going 100 miles an hour, baby. Ugh. <laughs> No, also, but some other some other. Well, you have something. Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say some other uh, major points in the game that we wanted to uh, touch on here. Um, we'll wait on Fletcher Cox for a minute, but uh, I thought the corners remarkably looked pretty solid. Um, Kirk and, Cousins is a is a good quarterback, and we actually got some solid corner play out there. It all seemed like hell was busting loose on us when uh, Ronald Darby, the new acquisition, right. Dislocated ankle. That was disgusting. His ankle was yeah. like ninety he, degrees there. How isn't he done for the season? Oh my god! Yeah, what it, a miracle! Yeah, complete break for the yeah. Eagles. But after he leaves, I was ready for us to get torched. Right. And there was a nice play at one point. Uh, I believe it was even into the end zone where Patrick Robinson got his head turned and made a play on the ball. Yeah, which like you see Pro Bowl corners that can't get their damn head turned and make a play on the ball. And I, I was like, that's all I ask. Get your damn head turned and make a make an effort, and that was great. And then uh, Jalen Mills had an interception, and really was like he. I think he had one other play where I remember thinking like "at a boy." And other than that, like you didn't hear from him a lot. And corners are a lot like offensive linemen. The less you notice them, the right. Can I just say the Jalen Mills pick is not a Jalen Mills play. No. That's a Kirk Cousins just atrocious throw. Yeah, I want to point out that I was actually really impressed with. Uh, the, the way they used Blunt. I criticized the whole preseason and saying he was trash because they were running him out of the shotgun. Yes. Well, I only saw, I think, two runs out of the shotgun, and everything was either with a fullback. I don't... Do you guys use a fullback? No. Well, it was out of the single back. Yeah. And when when you when you have once under sender and you get Blunt with a head of steam, it actually works because that's yeah. what he's good at. He didn't get a that, whole lot like yards per carry-wise, but, but it, that's, helped, it helped in That's not clock always what he's there for. Yeah. Like he is a bruiser. He's gonna win short yardage things. He's gonna keep the chains moving. He's probably through if, the through the course of the season. If, we'll be better on short yardage because if you give him the ball with a head of steam, you're probably not gonna lose yards. I think the two times he carried out of the shotgun, he lost yards. Right. 
it's just as simple as that. So, and then a couple other points here, <clears throat> just for trying to keep everything in perspective. Um, and this is how you win football games. Like, if I was making these same points in the other direction, Pete would be like, oh, I'm making excuses. But um, things where we kind of caught a break, we had a muff punt. Yep. They had a muff punt where we got it. Um, two strip sacks by Cox. The one we said was probably. Sh- well, I'll get again, to that. My sh- yeah, we sh- should have been overturned. And then um, the first one was just a great play. Yes. And then. Uh, I agree with that. We have, and we kind of touched on it already, but we had uh, an interception by Mills down like around the goal line. That's that was twelve and a half minutes left in the game. Yeah, we are up two points. So a field goal. They're on the the sixteen going in. Yep. A field goal, chip shot field goal at this point gives you a one point lead in the fourth quarter, and it's third and six. And Kirk Cousins, I think we brought a blitz. Sales one off his back, off foot, his back foot and just sails one to Jalen Mills. Yeah. Misses. It's like a the, punt. The guy, whoever his targeted receiver was, has the first down easily, and it's possibly a touchdown. Yeah, I think it would have been tackled around the two, but it would have right. been bad news bears. Yeah, you're probably looking at them getting six at that point. Yeah. If they convert, they have all like they probably have all the momentum. They're yes. probably going to score. But Kirk Cousins makes just an atrocious play. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like my whole overarching thing. I'm with this entire game. I think they the Eagles were impressive in a couple ways. Wentz looks like he's taking a step forward, mm-hmm. even though I've pointed out he, you know, it's. I'm not anointing him. I'm saying it's it's going the right direction. He the looks de- real good. The defensive line looks awesome, mm-hmm. which we a lot of people, including us, agreed. Just one more stat thought that was going to be good. Yeah, uh, Redskins running backs. Not that they are Le'Veon Bell or anything, yeah. but 13 carries for 34 yards. Right. It's like two and a half yards a carry. I'm happy. You should be. But my again my. Overall point, while the Eagles did look good, the Redskins could not... I'm not saying couldn't have looked worse, but they played a they terribly played a sloppy game. game. They had, you know, four turnovers. Right. Um, Terrell Pryor dropped, I think, at least two balls, and it, there was a one that was called back on a penalty that would have been a touchdown that he dropped anyway. So you'll never, you'll <laughs> never see it. But he played a terrible game. So my point is, <clears throat> I wouldn't... Go, like I mean, there's there's reason to be some like excited a little bit, but I'm really interested in their week two matchup against the Chiefs, who also looked really good, and yes. I think we'll have a better idea of where you guys stand in terms of actual like, um, you know, competitors where or we're at, where you're at yeah, in the after picture. week two in the big picture, um, because the Redskins just it was a slop slop yeah, fest. No, for they didn't play well, um, and, and while still, while I think a lot of that. The Redskins did do a lot of uh, helping us in in giving us the game. I, again, I don't think you can uh, oversell the fact that a road win in the division, yes, to start the season is huge. That's and, a big deal. And the other thing is like kind of along the things what you're saying, but vice versa was what I was saying all last year. Like we had Ryan Matthews fumbled when we could have just ran the clock right. out and punted against the Lions. Yeah, I mean, or like you whatever. Do need, so I think the breaks might just be, yeah, breaks just might be turning back around and I'm pretty excited. But um, we can move on to the Chiefs game or we can talk Jets week one first. Uh, let's, I mean, Jets week one isn't going to take long. Okay, let's do it. What's your thoughts? So Jets, screw me, don't cover because they can't convert a two-point conversion. One by nine, spread was eight. The spread was eight. That was one of my three ones. Right. Unfortunately, we again we have to pick the Jets line every, week, which is going to be hell. Oh, that's going to be awful, especially this. But week. anyway, we'll get there. Well, uh, I'm just going to quickly run through the game. Not a lot of highlights to get excited about. No, they suck. 
The Jets' offense might be the worst in the league. It's between them and the Andrew Luckless Colts. <laughs> By far, two of the worst. Ass-raped in Los Angeles. In front of 20 people. Yeah. Empty stadium. They're going to have to move again from LA. I mean, the only touchdown we scored in that game was a Josh McCown fourth and goal QB sneak. I'll leave the I'll leave that there. We well, we got 214 total yards of offense. 214. Anyway, a couple positives that I'm excited about. Our defensive line graded out fantastically against Pro Football Focus. I mean, they usually do anyway. Muhammad Wilkerson, who is our defensive lineman from Temple. Last week we mentioned that Sheldon Richardson was temp- from Temple. He went to Missouri. Yeah, we have that up. We big mistake. We're correcting that now. But Gerald Williams also graded out really well. Um, a guy I'm excited that graded out well was Jordan Jenkins. He was our third round pick from Georgia a year ago. So, and also our linebackers, Demario Davis and Deron Lee, both had almost ten tackles. So I'm pretty excited. I, I'm glad those guys are showing up in the box score. I Jamal Adams. It was mixed results. You know, uh, the first round pick at LSU. Playing secondary in the NFL is probably the second hardest to pick up out of college outside of quarterback. And I think it's just a totally different game with a long totally term, different. He seems like a yeah, really and promising he's a, guy. Well, and he's an athlete. Yeah. And our defense, the thing I'm most excited about is we got a lot faster. Our defense was kind of older and slower last year. I think we both agree that the defense in and of itself for the Jets isn't going to be that bad. Right. The, it's the just reason why they're going to give yeah, up points. They're going to be because, on the field a ton. Yeah, and the just, offense is just awful. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a rough year. So that's basically the Jets game in summation. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what I see from the defensive guys, and hopefully we figure out ways to get the ball to Bilal Powell yeah. on offense. You're just, you're just biding your time until you get Josh Allen. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Oh, by the way, Josh Allen finally looked good, but I forget they played freaking – like northern northern Mississippi Canada state or some shit I don't even know whatever yeah they, so congrats Josh Allen the level of competition you looked okay right now. um all right but let's go on to Eagles week two here yeah that's so, something to talk about one thing of note um one of the injuries that we had last week which I don't even know how this shit happens but Caleb Sturgis right um some of his hip or some I don't even know. Either way, somehow his kicker ass is going to be out for at least eight weeks. Yep. Because we put him on the designated return IR list. Right, so, so you got a new kicker. Yes. We claimed uh, Jake Elliott from the uh, Bengals, it was, I believe. And he was actually a fifth-round pick this year. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, sucks to be them, but... I feel like there's a ton of new kickers this year. Yeah. Uh I read up on him, and I actually uh, quoted an article and put it on our Twitter page. Uh, again, give us a follow, Mike Rebrew Sports. Um, anyways, uh, the article was pretty good. It gave you a real in-depth to Jake Elliott, who I'm sure before this nobody knew anything about in Philadelphia. Um, Nor should you. But, yeah, he was a Memphis kicker and uh, was had a pretty solid career there. And uh, I read something where the guy was, like, talking shit on Jake Elliott but it was from the standpoint that they said he was going to be this year's uh, Robert Aguayo or whatever. Oh. Be- they were like, if someone's stupid enough to pick him in the second round, like he's going to be this year's. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you should and just so, never draft a kicker in the second right. round. Right. So from that perspective, I was taking it with a grain of salt because I was like, oh, well, he's saying, like, just don't pick him in the second round. Right. Well, guess what? The Eagles didn't pick him at all, and we're just picking him up. So um, the other thing was he's supposed to be pretty petite by even, like, kicker standards. Uh, they say he's, like, five foot nine, like 170 pounds or something like that. Okay. Um, so they said like not the biggest leg, but he's supposed to be a pretty accurate kid. Anyways, I'm excited. I'm not a big Sturgis guy. Guy missed an extra point last week. Like, 
Yeah. If Jake Elliott comes to play, he could be here for a long time. I think it's going to so. be a pretty good test, too, because Arrowhead is number is usually number, really loud, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that's an open stadium, so yeah. it can get uh, kind of interesting to kick there. Right. So uh, that's one interesting thing to keep your eye on, uh, where we're willing to stop for field goals, where we go for it, where we punt. Uh, that could all be changed based on Jake Elliott being in instead right. of Caleb Sturgis and where their uh, level of confidence is there. So keep an eye on that. Hopefully he doesn't suck ass. Um, other things to, about the game to keep an eye on. Uh, we have a reunion here between Andy Reid and, and Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. Both of them know each other very, very well. Um, like a quick recap, he was Brett Favre's backup quarterback in Green Bay when right. Andy was coaching there. He brought him over. He started for a couple games in front of McNabb in 99. He spent seven years coaching under him with the Eagles and Chiefs, back with the Eagles, and uh, they're like good buddies. So it's going to be interesting to see who has the edge there. Student meets the teacher. Yeah. I'm going to give the edge to Andy Reid without like much There's no hesitation. Th- Andy Reid is honestly, I know Philadelphia fans don't feel this way, but outside of Bill Belichick, like you could argue he might be the second best coach in the NFL. <laughs> He's very I, good. In terms of, yeah. he turns... Uh, chicken shit and chicken salad a lot. Right. So, but in terms of that, I realize his clock management just ruins uh, him as a coach. Yeah, and it's I just don't think he's ever quite... I think he's just a notch or two below Super Bowl coach. But either way, um, my my problem here is I think uh, Andy Reid, like, what's his record after bye weeks? Like, 15-1, and one, something like that? Yeah, he re- I, he's lost like one time. Right, and this isn't a bye week, but it's a long week. It's a hell of a long week. Yeah, so... And he gets to face a guy who he knows everything about. Right, and they looked real fucking good. They did. Um, I think a lot of that was the Patriots, though, sucking. Like, defensively, what were they doing, dude? Nothing. They didn't... They had no pass rush, and they... Did, I mean, the thing, the thing that really showed was Kansas City has a lot of team speed. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt is fast. Tyreek Hill is blazing fast. Yes. So if you are not putting pressure on it and you're letting those guys run free, they're probably going to beat a lot of, or they're going to get put in good matchups against guys, and they're probably going to get open. Right. Now, uh, I pointed out that 13 carries, 34 yards run defense. I don't want to say I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt, but I think that we're going to do much better than the Chiefs just did against him. Also, or sorry, the Patriots just did. Also, um, what's his face, the receiver? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. He will get us problems. Yes. I'm not excited about that one. But uh, I don't know, man. I just think that I like what's going on here. I think that the defense that we are bringing to town is going to show way better than what the Pats just did. We're going to bring the pass rush. Yeah. I think I I don't quite know if I want to pick us to win the game outright. Yeah. Um, It's going to be tough. I said before the season when we did the preseason pod that Week two, I thought we could steal a win from the Chiefs. I didn't realize that it was a long week. I didn't think I didn't realize they were playing that Thursday. Yeah. Sways things a little bit. One thing I will say that the Chiefs do really well, they get their running backs involved in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And if well, that's you, an Andy Reid one-on-one. Right, but if, you're, if your defensive line is a strength mm-hmm. and you're bringing the good pass rush, I would anticipate a lot of pass cup, A lot of pa- pl- like but, plays to the running back. We got one screen. of the best playmaker linebackers. Hicks, right? Oh. Yeah, he's very he's actually graded out as one of the top coverage linebackers in the he's league. He's great. He is good. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But when you're like I, I just I would I would expect a lot of like That's gonna be it's a game small of small little right. screens, like just different ways to get guys on short passes open in space going at where you're attacking with the defensive line on a blitz or something like that. Right. 
But that, so I mean, yeah. the, the Eagles they're going to get their pass rush going, and that's going to be Andy Reid's move. Is I'm going to do like be hitting the running backs and everything, and then our counter move is going to be well, here's Hicks on Hunt. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, but then the part I'm worried about is more Tyreek Hill. Yes. Yeah. See, I think you might see Tyreek Hill feature out of the backfield a little bit. Yeah. Which just that could be a thing. I don't care how is. good Hicks is. I don't think he can cover Tyreek Hill. He's not going to catch him. He needs to get angles on him. But uh, yeah, that that guy's fast. I don't know, man. I well, one thing going good for you guys, um, going against their defense is Eric Berry. Unfortunately, yes, really, that's like terribly he did a sad. Phenomenal job on Gronk. Gronkowski, and so he's not going to be there. So Ertz should again probably have a nice game, right? And then the other thing that I want to touch on, which you kind of reminded me of with that point, is I was really disappointed again with uh, the involvement or lack thereof of Alshon in Week One. Dude, it's Norman. Right. So I think that you should look and be on the lookout for uh, Alshon early and often in week two. I think they're going to make a point. I kind of agree. And I, he's going up against most likely Marcus Peters, who is really good. But yeah. you referenced Norman as a gambler, and I said no. I don't think Peters he's a gambler. Like the gambler. Marcus Peters is a gambler. Yeah. So don't be surprised if Alshon burns him a couple times, but then all of a sudden Marcus Peters takes one to the house. Because, am, I, am I wrong, or is he like pretty small too? Is he like five nine? Uh, I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that small. No, no, I'm not positive on that one. But um, yeah, no, that no Eric Berry helps again with Ertz, and uh, I expect Alshon to definitely do better than what he did last week. I was disappointed with that. So, so with all that, end of the day, are you ready to make a pick? Yeah. So, I guess we'll do with the line first. Yeah, the line is Eagles plus six. Right. We're on the road in Arrowhead, going in for a long week. I'm taking the Eagles and the points for okay. plus six. As far as an outright victory, are you going to make me pick that? No. Okay. All you have to do is pick, pick It's going to be tough. Can, um, I'm going to ride the fence on this one and, and be a plus about it, but I'm pretty confident that the Eagles will win or at least cover this right Okay. And I'm going against that purely on the fact that you already brought the point you already brought up. Andy Reid, with a lot of time, is a fantastic game planner. Mm-hmm. And I also think a lot of people are buying the Eagles hype. Mm-hmm. They feel really freaking good right now. Apparently Colin Cowherd, what would you say about him? Yeah, I mean, like Colin, number one. Colin, no, not number one. Yeah. Probably number three. I think he's number. They, he rated them their, his number three team. But my point is they're feeling really good, and they're going to one of the toughest places to play in the league, which is Arrowhead. That place is loud. It's a matchup in which... Andy Reid has a coaching edge and already you know has very good experience with what Doug Peterson's going to want to do. I just think they're going to be a little too high after that last win. Okay, I mean, hey, a hangover could happen, right. and maybe and maybe the loss of Eric Berry really hurts them. And you know, the, you guys are able to move the ball, and it's going to be a tight game. But I would just I'm not going to go against Andy Reid on on a, with a lot of time to game plan. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus six in that game. Okay, let's move on to Pats or sorry Jets. I mean. Uh, <laughs> At home against uh, no no we're uh, going right, to the, the Raiders road. on the road in uh, in Oakland Oakland all Who, these teams moving around I was stuck Oakland, Oakland looked a lot better than what I thought they would they switched to right that was one of your losses that was a loss for me and the big thing for them is they went to a zone defense so you didn't see their last year their issue was their corners were getting beat to hell yeah they were so they went to a lot a zone a more of a zone defense and allowed their pass rush to help out. And then, you know, the receivers aren't just running one-on-one and getting burned on, like, you know, one-on-one routes. So they held – not that the Titans are a great passing team mm-hmm. in general, but I think that that's going to help them going forward. And I might have to rethink 
how I think about the Raiders. Okay. Anyway. So we're gonna we have the Jets, arguably the worst team in football, on the road against, I think, a team that everyone would say is like a top four team in the AFC. Yeah. So do we have a shot in hell here? The Jets. Uh, no. <laughs> no. This game should be over in the first quarter. Yeah. So the line right now is uh, Raiders minus 14 or Jets plus 14. Are you taking or giving? I'm going to lay the points with the Raiders. We're traveling across the coast. Uh-huh. We're playing a very dynamic offense and a defense that seems to be somewhat improved. I will say, if they're playing zone and we're going to get our running backs involved, we might be able to move the ball a little bit. But even so, we start Josh McCown at quarterback, and we tried just we tried throwing fade routes to Jermaine Curse. For Christ's sake, <laughs> take the Raiders and the points. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, I... Uh... We both were just so not pleased having to pick this game. Yeah, th- like I said last week, this is going to be hell. Yeah. Every week. Picking them all. Oh, man. Yeah, I said last week, too, I think that in New England, we would be looking at, like, 20 points. Absolutely. Yeah. We're looking at 20 points. <laughs> but anyway, I did the same pick here. Yeah. I'm going to give the 14 points, and uh, I'm just going to assume the Raiders win by, like, three touchdowns. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, I guess we got our three other picks that uh, – Neither one of us knows who the other team or who we the other picked, but uh, if you didn't listen last time, uh, three games, spreads that we like, and if we had to pick one, right, that's what we're doing. Uh, whoever gets more wrong buys the beers for next pod. Correct. So I'll go first. Go for and it. And I think we we both might have taken this one because we mentioned how much we think the Pats are going to win before uh, before the pod here. Pats minus six at the Saints, six and a half. Yeah. I've never been more sure of anything in my entire life. <laughs> Which scares the hell out of me that if, he's this short. If I owned a house yet at this point in my oh life, my God. it would be on Bookmaker getting put up for this game, and yeah. I'd probably... I'd own two houses at that point. But the Pats, do, all right, they just shit a brick. You know they're pissed now. The last thing you want to do is piss off the Pats. Also, just like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick has extra time. Oh, and then... It's indoors, which only plays up for the offense. It's against the Saints. Did you see the Saints defense? They made Sam Bradford look like a good quarterback. Sam Bradford with time is an above-average quarterback, sir. Shut the fuck up. That guy's got sleeves that drag on the ground. Um, All right. Anyways. Well, I'm just going to – well, the listeners don't understand, know this, but Sam Bradford once came out of your mouth as a possible (laughs) MVP quarterback, and I'll never let you forget that. I was chugging the chip uh, chip Kool-Aid at the time. The chip Kool-Aid was just – Well, he turned Nick Foles into a 27-2 quarterback. Touchdown interceptions the year before. So I was like, well, who's more talented? It's got to be the first overall pick as opposed to the third rounder. Yeah. So I was like 27-2. All right, well, if he improves on that. Freezing cold sports takes just has a day. Yeah, no, that was that was rough. That was probably the worst thing that's ever come out of my mouth. But Absolutely. Uh, I th- I'm riding Pats minus 6.5, and, a half, and uh, I encourage everyone to bet their mortgage on it. How about you? I'm not betting my mortgage on it, but I am going to take that. Yeah, the Saints suck. I mean... I- I will express a little bit of concern because it's indoors at home for the Saints where they do play a lot better. And obviously the Pats defense looked atrocious. Just awful, yeah. But again, the only defense that looked worse though was the Saints. No, not really. They looked bad. I mean, they didn't look they're the Pats looked like they always didn't always bad. Anyway. I'm going to take the Pats. They're going to it's Belichick. I'm trusting Belichick and Brady. They'll figure it out. Right. So, so we got we're three picks in here. My number four here. I'm gonna take Bills plus seven at Carolina. Interesting. Uh, one of the reasons I'm taking this one, uh, I think that 
Sean McDermott, uh, former Eagle defensive coordinator, great. Not really, kind of struggled when he was here. But uh, <laughs> he did pretty well in Carolina. <laughs> Obviously, that's what happens in Philly. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he did pretty well there. And he was there for, I believe, five years as a defensive coordinator. I believe he was there for also, if that's is that Cam Newton's whole career? Has he been around a little longer than that? Something like that. Close. Anyways, no. he's coached in practice against Cam for a long-ass time. He understands Cam. He understands what Cam doesn't like. He understands who Cam's guys are in certain situations. I think that he's going to really get under Cam's skin. The other thing is, while the Panthers took care of business in week one, you could tell that Cam didn't look like himself. And hey, he got that shoulder I, thing. You you ended up winning on that bet? You you picked them, right? Yeah, I did. You ended up Insane winning. And one of my concerns was that he hadn't played all preseason. Mm-hmm. And the shoulder thing was like a real, yeah. possibly a real issue. That's why I didn't feel great picking that game. McCaffrey, while he did all right, didn't look whole smooth. Uh, no. Olsen had two catches for 18 yards, something like that. Right. So, yeah, I, I kind of like, I, I thought about that game as a pick just because it's like McDermott, Again, McDermott's new coach, and they really like him in Buffalo. Like they believe in Sean McDermott. Yeah. I've, that's all I've read. You know, they only beat the Jets, but like yeah. all I've ever all I've read about Sean McDermott is that they love him in Buffalo. So for it's it's not a bad pick, I don't think. Okay, but you didn't take that one. I would not. I'm not going to take that one, just because Carolina traveled to the West Coast last week. Mm-hmm. They're home. They're playing the Bills, who I don't think are very good. Yeah. The only like they beat the Jets by nine points at home, that's not impressive to me. Congratulations. So that's the only reason I wouldn't take them. But okay, who's it, your, it who's is your what fourth, it is. Um, my fourth pick is going to be the Cowboys at Denver. They are minus two and a half point favorites. The big thing here is I don't I just don't think Denver's any good. Okay. They they got a home win against the Chargers. Yep. The Chargers should have won the game. The Broncos, I'll spot you, are a hard team to like really put your thumb on how good they are. I know because the defense covers up so much, and like Simeon is looks okay sometimes, yeah. and then other times like, what are you doing? You realize he's a seventh round pick from Northwestern. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting one, but it's not one that I feel confident enough either way. Yeah, to pick. I I feel like Denver's Denver's running defense again. I'll point out like I did last week. Wasn't that great last year? The Cowboys are a fantastic running team. They don't necessarily rely on passing the ball as much, whereas the Chargers kind of do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pointed out about Melvin Gordon not having a great yard per carry. It kind of showed up. Yeah. So that was that was a good point by you. I that was the only game I pushed on. Yeah. I got my push with the Chargers, <laughs> but uh, I just think the Cowboys are gonna. I just I don't think the Broncos are that good. Yeah. I really don't. I think the Cowboys with Zeke Elliott not being suspended. That really hurt. I think they're. I think they're a good team. Right. So, which brings me to a, a point about the Cowboys' uh, relevance as far as the Eagles. It's gonna be an Eagles Cowboys division. I'm certain okay. of that at this point. I I hate to do a week one overreaction, but yeah. From what I you like, kind of are. We both agreed the Redskins looked sloppy as hell. And they, but see, here's the thing. I about, wasn't considering them a, a division. Here's the thing about first, the Redskins. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. I'll again. I'm gonna bring it back to that game. They had. They gave. They they made a lot of mistakes in that game. Terrell Pryor is a new weapon. Um, integrating Ryan Grant and Josh Doxson is a new weapon. Yeah. I'm not ready to call well, them then, out of it yet. Okay. Well, then the other thing is the Giants just looked awful. Now, they didn't have Odell. Which I think is a very big thing for them. Right. But It's really sad how big of a thing he is for them. They're so one-dimensional, too. Like They have no running game. Their offensive line is ass. I know. I agree with you. The Eagles, historically, like in my lifetime, just own them anyways. Right. 
I'm not worried about the Giants at all. But it's, the, it's an Eagles-Cowboys division. All right. I'm not willing to say any of that yet okay. <clears throat> because I the Giants' defense has real players on that team. And to hold the Cowboys to 19 points mm-hmm. when their def- or when their offense played that bad and they were on the field that long, that was fan- like very impressive. They had a lot of red zone stops where they made the Cowboys kick field goals. Yeah. So I'm impressed by their defense. And I'll wait to comment on their offense when I see them with Odell because okay. he's such a big part of it. It's ridiculous. So anyways, my fifth uh, pick here. This one... Isn't usually my style, but I'm gonna do it. I got Browns plus nine at the Ravens. Ooh, yeah. I thought I was impressed with how they played last week, only losing by three against the Steelers. Right. That was my one L. Um, I took the Steelers minus nine. Minus nine. And uh, just f- food for thought for the future. The Steelers are not a great road team. Mm-hmm. They are a fantastic home team. Yeah. Um, but I. I I don't know. I think the Browns, while they're going to lose a lot of games this year, are somewhat improved from last year. And I've just never been a big like Joe Flacco, Ravens kind of guy at all. And uh, while I think the Ravens probably win the game, yeah, I see it being by like a touchdown, not by more than nine points. Okay, I don't, I don't hate that pick honestly. Um, the Ravens' offense isn't impressive to me whatsoever. Yeah, I Joe Flacco is probably, in my opinion, the most. Overpaid quarterback in the league. Idiots were debating whether he's elite. That should never have been a conversation because he's not. <laughs> he he basically right. he turns into a like he turned into a very good quarterback in the playoffs. Yeah, he's all right. Um, but anyway, what I would caution is the Browns are playing at home against the not a great road team in the Steelers. They go to Baltimore, where I think over the last I don't know five years their winning percentage at home is like. Probably eighty percent. They're yeah. a fan. They're one of the best home teams in the league. It's like them, the Patriots, and the Seahawks. Yeah. They like. I think Vegas gives them more than three points at home because that's how good of a home team they are. But again, I don't like their offense. So I I don't hate your pick, but I definitely that's not something I would touch. Okay. I would not touch it. Give me your fifth then. My fifth is going to be the Steelers at home. Okay. Minus five and a half points. Against the Vikings. Against the Vikings. Again, my I'm all about the Steelers at home are a different team. Okay. I think the Vikings. I, while there's, I thought, there's no reason the Steelers shouldn't have one of the best offenses in the league at the end of right. the season too. And I think everybody's a little down on them. They played the Browns. They didn't do well. Love Bell didn't have that much. Yeah. Martavius Bryant wasn't even involved. Like, oh my God, it's what hard happened? to picture that happening two weeks in a row. There's that, and then everybody's very excited. Oh, the Vikings looked great. Sam Bradford was awesome. They're going down the field of Thielen. Steph Diggs had two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook looks great. Mm-hmm. I think the Steelers' defense is much improved. You saw T.J. Watt have a big first He's day. He's a steal. Right. So, I think at home, again, we're talking about Sam Bradford. Yeah. I don't think he has as much time this week. I, I think the Steelers have, have notoriously been a very good blitzing team. Yeah. So, I'm going to take the Steelers minus five and feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that one. So, quick recap here then. I'm going Eagles plus 6, Raiders minus 14, uh, Pats plus, or sorry, Pats minus 6.5, Bills plus 7, Browns plus 9. And I am laying all the points this week. Okay. Raiders minus 14, Chiefs minus 6, Pats minus 6.5, Cowboys minus 2.5, and, and Steelers minus 5.5. All right, so we'll see who's buying the beer then next week. <sighs> God, it can't get any worse than last week. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a good time. Other than fantasy, uh, I'm in like a shit league, we call it, where uh, you get points for doing bad things. Yeah. I had Andy Dalton get 61 points last week. For and me. you lost. 
My team got 57 points. Yeah. I started Andy Reid at coach. Yeah. I started uh, Alex Smith. What a disaster. Lost by half a point. Uh, I had some other fantasy heartbreaks too. But, uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's the pod there. So, hopefully we get another Eagles win in week two. Uh, some other quick hits I just wanted to touch on. We're not going to really debate it. But uh, Reese Hoskins, another home run today. That, 17 and 33 games. That's more than a home run every two games. Guy's a freaking beast. Every day, there's like an update. It's like Reese Watch. Like, hey, he broke his own record so, for most home runs in a... Yeah, you're, so you're saying it's like how I was with Aaron Judge during April and May? Yeah, yeah. very much. Okay. This is... Lot, it's really fun. Love this guy. Yeah. Really fun. And the, the thing that makes it extra fun is that I was on this bandwagon in yeah. double A. This is one thing you've been driving. However, <laughs> I will point out that the other half of that wagon was accompanied by Dylan Cousins. And uh, that... That statement's a little overrated. You'd like overrated. to forget about that. That statement's a little overrated. I was always bigger on Hoskins. But, oh, okay. But uh, I still think Cousins has potential as like a platoon guy. But anyways, I digress. Uh, another note is uh, Cesar Hernandez, worst base runner in the history of baseball. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw the walk-off the other day. but Put your fucking foot on the bag. What are you doing? Yeah. Sliding, let me touch it with my hand so I look cool. Fuck that guy. He'll be Scott Kingery in a minute. Uh, anyways, uh, that's about it. So, uh, what, how'd you like your beer? I liked it quite a bit. Okay. Um, Good pick by me. I pretty much reached in a fridge. and. Yeah, no, this was a fantastic pick. Um, yeah, it was really smooth. I could definitely... This is a dangerous beer because I think you could have a few of these. Okay. And, and it's 9.5%. And it's like 9.5%. Yeah. So, this is definitely a dangerous beer. I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it a f- 4 Okay. Which to me, for me, giving high, giving a four right is is pretty high. So, I really like this beer. What's it uh, called again? It's a Voodoo Love Child by Voodoo Brewing Company. Okay. Um, and how's how's the sour beer? Yeah. So it's Victory Kirsch Ghost. Yes. Something like that. Um, pretty solid. We both were talking beforehand about. He was like, "Dude, do you know what kind of beer this is?" Because <laughs> he does not like sour beer. But uh, and I've had one or two, and. They're like hit or miss. They're like you don't want more than one of them. This one's all right. I don't have a problem with this. I could drink a second. So this is solid. Um, like I said, just if you're trying to get blasted, this is only 4.7%. So it's more like a actual beer as right. opposed to like a microbrew beer. But uh, I yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I would what totally, are you rating it? I would totally drink that again. What are you gonna rate it? Uh, it's got a three seven five. Wow. It's a solid beer. Wow. So I like it. Um. Yeah, so make sure, again, follow us on Twitter, Microbrew Sports. Uh, we got some good uh, live tweeting and some good polls and stuff. Yep. It was a dynasty trade involving uh, David Johnson and uh, yeah, we'd love to Mike hear, Evans. We'd love to hear some more. I uh, put a poll, so people vote on that. Chime in on that. That's something interesting yeah, to talk about. We were debating that all day. Yeah, um, also give us a follow on Untapped. Yeah. I'm at Petsky41. You're at yeah. Alex, Alex Wolf 31 AWolf31 on, uh, on Twitter. Twitter. Same, I'm Petsky41 on Twitter as well. Yeah, so just uh, give us a shout, and hopefully we'll see you next time. Uh, we'll be back in about a week celebrating an Eagles victory. Absolutely not. <laughs> J-E-T-S! Nope. No way. No. Not even once. Wow. <laughs>